0: It is day 10 of the heat wave and it's heating up with one of the hottest teams in the NFC and that is the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we're going to be looking into this team. Where do you get Jaden, Jalen Hurts? Where do you draft his receivers? What about these new running backs? All of that coming up and the reason why it's coming up is because we are brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It gives you every single stat you need to dominate fantasy football as well as our content where we digest those stats and give them to you if you're not interested in getting your if you're not doing a la carte uh, and you'd rather have some expert advice that's where we come in so you get all the stats you need a la carte and you get the expert advice from us you get everything you need in the app you get the start sit tool you get the who draft tool so many tools for you and it's only here and it is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash broto fantasy you can get a ton of extras including extra episodes including um Playing in Bro Leagues with us, including access to the Discord, including prizes, including so many things that you can get as part of a Discord member and as a Patreon member. So come over, help sports the show. The heat wave continues now.
1: Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. High-end, high-end.
0: I'm gonna say something that's well. I'm gonna say something that's gonna make me unpopular with the Eagles fans right off the bat. Your chant is just a copy of J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Like, let's just put this out there right now. E A G L E S Eagles is 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 just J E T S Jets 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 in a different city, and I don't appreciate it. But I do appreciate the fantasy studs in this team, and I appreciate the fantasy studs on my team. Psych uh, Ward himself. Matt Ward, lead writer and uh, DLC for Broto Fantasy and Michael Petropolis, lead analyst, editor, Eagle! and one of the most annoying <laughs> voices in the history of the known that makes universe. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's so bad. It's so bad. Michael, with his r- random reference to 2000, early 2000 sitcoms. Uh, anyone who
2: knows Scrubs, you watch Scrubs, Tim. You not remember? I watched Scrubs when test. I was. It doesn't matter. 19. But that's like that's something you remember from Scrubs if you watch it. Period. You guys see this band aid on my finger? I got it on Ama- <laughs> On Amazon Prime Day, I treated myself to a veggie chopper slash mandolin thing that I've always wanted, and I've used it twice, and I've already cut myself twice with it, and getting used to it. But <laughs>
0: Mike, how bad was calm it? Calm like- down. Was it like when I chopped off my of
1: Ah, the palm. That makes so much sense. You're supposed to go palm down, keep your fingers like flaciated like that, and you go palm down. And even if you hit your palm, your palm is like heavy enough and strong enough that it won't actually like slice through. You'll get a couple nicks, but eh. <laughs>
0: Tremendous. Thank you, Matt. You're making me feliciated right now. Um, All right, let's get into this (laughs) offensive outlook uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, really important to know where this offense is coming from, who's running the offense, the the person that is moving the chess pieces. And here it's head coach Nick Sirianni, who enters year three as Eagles head coach, head coach. Excuse me, Um, (laughs) head coach, (laughs) coach. Um, combined 23 and 11 record, the most wins by any coach in their first uh, two years with a franchise. Um, going into year three, so that he's had two years. One of just two head coaches to start their Eagles career with back-to-back postseasons. Birth, uh, Sirianni also directed a record-breaking 2022 campaign. If you remember, around this time last year, the question was, will Jalen Hurts be the starter next year? Right? It's a completely different idea. What's going on? He's now a a very very wealthy man. And oh, yeah. the starting quarterback, no doubt for the Eagles Sirianni and the Eagles enter 2003, 2023 as the NFC favorites. Um, but they do lose Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator. He goes to be the Colts head coach. They promoted from within quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson. He is going to be the offensive coordinator after start, uh, Steichen's departure. So what do we need to know about Brian Johnson? Um, this is his third season as well with Philadelphia. He, uh, Before being the offensive coordinator, he was the quarterback's coach 2021 and 2022, so obviously doing a good job. Uh, played a crucial role in the development of Jalen Hurts, who posted the second-highest winning percentage among NFL quarterbacks in that span. Only Patrick Mahomes had more wins, and during Johnson's time as, as the Eagles quarterback coach, Hurts finished as second in the NFL MVP bo- voting and got his first career All-Pro and Pro Bowl nods. Last year, the offense, second in points, 29.1. Sixth lowest pass percentage. That's what happens when you have a running quarterback. And uh, fifth-ranked run percentage. But this offense does look a little different. And most importantly, what I'm going to talk about later, is this – This defense looks a little different Uh, on the additions on the offensive side. A completely new running back room. Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift join the running back room. QB Marcus Mariota, uh, who kind of fits more the style of play than Gardner Minshew did. He's the backup now. Uh, They also got uh, offensive tackle Tyler Steen. In the NFL draft and rookie quarterback Tanner McKee, their notable o- offensive subtraction obviously former Penn State running back Miles Sanders, and who, by the way, Miles Sanders got paid the most it, uh, as the cookie crumbles, got paid the most of any running back this year. So something to be something to be said about that at least. Uh, their notable subtractions on defense: one of the best DTs in the game, Javon Hargrave, and one of the best corner slash safeties in the game, uh, in the game, CJ Gardner Johnson. So with that being said let's get into this quarterback and sorry for my voice being the only one you're hearing for a while, but I am going to be the guy bringing you quarterback. Now, it hurts Tim. It hurts. Yeah, I, I know I the, the, the thing about Jalen hurts. You have to ask yourself is he, is he going to be quarterback one, right? Because right now he's going as a top three pick and you're going to have to get Jalen hurts in the third round. Michael talked about this a little bit. Just to talk about quarterback philosophy. Michael was talking about how everyone kind of overcorrected last year. Everyone was trying to start to take quarterbacks late. So that let guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Jalen Hurts was a steal. But and, and, and guys like Joe Burrow fall into the fifth, sixth round where now we're definitely comfortable taking them there. Right. And Michael, who was late QB his whole life, he won himself a couple of a couple of championships last year, drafting Patrick Mahomes in the fifth round. Right. So that's kind of like an overcorrection. Now, because of that, we're seeing another overcorrection, and Masters. these, and these quarterbacks are sneaking up into the second round in some cases, uh, it's, uh, particularly Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. So these guys are are you're going to have to definitely ask yourself: Is it worth me doing this? Is it worth me giving up on possibly a great wide receiver two or a great RB one and going with a quarterback instead? And I think that's that's really the question with Jalen Hurts, because when it comes to Jalen Hurts production, I mean, there's really nothing you could say that's not, you know, completely elite. Uh, Last year, he was the first in rushing attempts of all uh, of all quarterbacks, uh, 165. He had 13 rushing TDs, and that's because he just kept running it at the goal line. He had 11 big plays uh, out of the quarterback as a quarterback. And then as a runner, he had seven big plays. Ridiculous amount of big plays. It's like one per game. Uh, He was first in PPR points per game last year, second in overall fantasy points, uh, fifth in the league in yards per attempt. He was 10th in the league in passing yards, and there's still room to grow. Uh, Only 22 passing TDs, and that's because he ran in the ball 13 times, but he can uh, definitely come up with those passing TDs. His completion percentage was 66.5, which is middle of the pack. He could be better. Uh, His true throw value was 14th. He can improve that. So you're looking at a situation where it's not it's not unguaranteed that Jalen Hurts doesn't improve. But when you're drafting him in the second round, you're drafting him to be what he was last year, plus some. And you're drafting him at a ceiling. For me, when it comes to Mahomes, when it comes to Allen, when it comes to Hurts, these three guys, the reason why they're going so high is because last year they like they ran away with the quarterback position. You had yeah. him as an absolute cheat code. Um you, you were in a fantastic position if you had one of those guys or Justin Fields at the end of the year. Like, those guys really, you know, lapped the field. So thinking about that, I think it's just a philosophical question. Do you take a QB here? And if you do, Jalen Hurts is a good pick because he's got the same uh, he's got everything coming back next year. And on top of that, the Eagles' defense is worse this year. I, I mentioned to you guys that they lost one of the best defensive tackles in the game. They lost CJ Garner Johnson. They lost a few more uh, very key pieces on, on defense, seven key pieces on defense overall. So this, there is, there is a theory where Jalen hurts is going to be forced to pass a little more here. Does that do well for him? Is that something that he can't handle as well? We've never seen it. We don't know. Don't, don't forget. This is only his second full season as a starter, he's only done this one time. We only have one thing to look back on. That's that's crazy to
1: think about. Actually. Yeah,
0: you know. So again, like it, you, you could just see how things change in a year, dude. This guy was—is he going to be the starter, the long-term starter in Philadelphia? Was the question at this time last year? Um, so, what do you guys think? Would you guys would you guys jump the gun on quarterback early this year? or Are you waiting? Yeah, it's, it's more so
1: just the philosophy for me. And I mean, you already covered it, so I won't beat the dead horse. But it is just that philosophy of like, am I going to give up on being able to have a start of Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle to have Jamar Chase, Jalen Hurts, and then obviously a much lesser uh, selection at wide receiver two nine picks later. So that's that's really just the philosophy. Like, I, I like to build out those positional gaps where. It is much harder to cover, whereas you can get by, you know, obviously they, like you said, they ran away with that position, but you can still win your league with that, that late Justin Fields that, you know, Trevor Lawrence even.
2: So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, as Tim was saying, it it was a completely different ballgame last year, this year. Like if you are someone who wants to draft QB early, like I guess like hurts as the quarterback one, two or three makes sense generally. It just I, I don't really like the ADP, especially like you said, like Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. There's an AFC East quarterback I'm going to be talking about who, later, who I think is like super undervalued right now. But like Chase Pollard and Justin Herbert later or uh, Chase Hurts and Cam Akers later, like I'm right. taking the Herbert team all day.
0: Yeah. Um, with that being said, Michael's got a pass uh, to someone. Uh, these these pass catchers AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, elite. How do you feel about them this year? Yeah, this is about
2: as simple as you can get if we're being honest here when it comes to these wide receivers. Outside of those two, you have Quez Watkins, and now Olamide Zacchaeus has entered the the area in Philadelphia. He's going to fray, in, as some would the say. Ah, yeah, he's not really going to be uh helpful much unless there's an injury. I assume like it's whatever. And look. There's no reason at all, really, to believe that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are not solid picks at ADP. Like I could go through all the stats and tell you how glorious they are. You know, AJ Brown, one thousand four hundred ninety-six yards, eleven touchdowns. Devontae Smith had more receptions than AJ Brown, nearly twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns. Like, you know, they were they were both top fifteen wide receivers overall and in points per game. They're both top 12 in true target value. They combined for 73% of Jalen Hurts' total passing yards on the season. A lot of fantasy, a lot of fantasy prep is looking for breakout stars and such. A lot of it is also trying to find weaknesses in players and seeing which ones are most likely to fail and weighing those two things. There's just no reason to think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are going to fail this season, making them easy picks at ADP. And it's as simple as that.
0: Michael, or have you been paying attention to what's going on? Yeah, this?
2: you're you're like singing the frame typing the frame. it into the yeah. captions.
0: Where did I have go? I lost the friend. Somewhere along in a bit of All right. Uh, Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I think now we're
1: definitely gonna get thrown against the
0: copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the wide receiver. The wide receiver room is pretty self-explanatory here. I think both these guys are good picks, as Michael said. Uh, it's completely different situation with the running back room. Like this is two guys who you are new to the fray. Wait, I did. It. No, uh, the new to the fray, and they both have some injury issues in their past, right? And you got a guy like Kenny Gainwell who has done stuff in this offense that's still there. So we're used to seeing a three-headed running back tandem in. Philadelphia 2 years ago. Then it kind of went over to a Miles Sanders centric running back room last year. What are you expecting it to look like this year? Right now, if you're drafting DeAndre Swift, where where do you guys have him at ADP because we're all looking at different ADPs and I think it's good that we're doing that because I think we should give like an ultimate spectrum of where he's going. Right now, you got to get him in the 4th or 5th round where I'm looking. Um, I don't know if that's the same for you guys. Rashad Penny is nowhere to be seen in that in that vicinity. So, what what is your takes on DeAndre Swift here, uh, Matthew Ward, and and well, I mean, also yeah, you, Rashad Penny, of course. Yeah, and,
1: I mean, I'm Kenneth gonna actually, I'll start with Rashad just because you set me up like that. But <laughs> it's a completely revamped running back room. You already said it. The only pieces returning were depth pieces like Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, Boston Scott, still on the roster as well. Rashad Petty and DeAndre Swift may legitimately make up the most fragile running back room in NFL history. But that said, Rashad, obviously the more fragile. He's absolutely one of the NFL's most talented pure rushers when he's healthy. He saw like a crazy end of the 2021 20- season, a couple breakout games last year, but he has not been healthy since his freshman season at San Diego State, and that is over a decade ago, or nearly a decade ago. And he's missed literally missed more games than he's played in the NFL. Missed 44 total games, that's not including playoffs, and he's only suited up for 40 in five seasons. Now he enters his sixth season, 27 years old, and it's his first team, first new offense. He's always been under Pete Carroll, always in Seattle, obviously. Should he stay healthy? I think he could receive some decent, like, Jamal Williams-esque work where he's probably going to be the -the in-between-the-tackle guy because that's never really who DeAndre Swift has been. But Swift has always been a successful and viable fantasy asset at all junctures of his career when he is healthy enough to play. And he hasn't missed as many games, I feel like, as people discredit him for. And that's kind of where I'm just going to, like, hijack this right now, because he's also my dynasty stash. And I know that seems like why stash. He's still expensive. He's still going fourth round. And that means, like, I want to pay market right now for DeAndre Swift. There are no viable dynasty stashes on this roster. Mike already covered it. Like, you're looking at Quez Watkins, Boston Scott, like Like, there's no viable rookies that they drafted on offense, literally spent almost all of their picks on defense, minus one offensive line. And it it is just a team full of studs, top heavy with succinct roles. You're not going to find dynasty stashes on rosters like that. Sometimes you just have to accept that when you're looking through the waiver wire. But DeAndre Swift is absolutely somebody you should be investing market in. And I'll tell you why, man. He is, in one year as a rookie, he averaged. 14.6 points per game. That was RB15 as a rookie. Up those numbers to RB8 in points per game, 16.1 in year two, but regressed in year three as obviously Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns for a franchise record, broke Barry Sanders' record, and Swift still finished with 13.7 points per game. That was RB15. He's posted over 45 receptions and 350 receiving yards in every single year. And in fact, he was downright excellent last season. Like, absolutely excellent last season. And I think people are really forgetting about it and discounting it. Eighth in yards per carry. Second in yards per touch. Second in yards per er, yards created. Total yards created. And he missed two games. Third in fantasy points per opportunity. Second in points per opportunity excluding touchdowns. Seventh in EPA. Sixth in target share. Fifth in yards per route run. Seventh in receiving yards per game. Seventh in true target value. And tenth in yards per reception. Like, Swift was fucking elite less and they wouldn't pay and they wouldn't play him
0: it and it was, was so and it was strange.
1: frustrating and it's not even wouldn't play because you saw it and there's a handful of highlights play-to-play basis he was had one of those like it was like a 40 yard rush or 38 yard rush where he got stopped just shy of the goal line and then literally three jamal williams rush attempts in a row until he broke the plane three in a row and it was just like they get inside the five and they just didn't let him touch the ball. And then obviously it was injury concerns and c- because it wasn't like size concerns. They drafted somebody much smaller, much higher in Jameer Gibbs. Detroit just didn't trust DeAndre Swift. The Eagles seemed like they're interested in him. Hometown kid, obviously, as well. Grew up in Philly, played in Georgia, which the Eagles have literally just become Georgia U. Like they're they're just they're just going to draft Georgia players for the rest of eternity. It seems like, I think it, it's a crazy number, but I think it was like 61% of their total roster or starting roster. Rather, is expected to be from Georgia. That's crazy. So anyway, that, is that said is just don't give up on Deandre Swift pay market for him. He's well worth the investment.
2: I'm i uh, I'm going to agree with uh, Matt wholeheartedly here as someone who hasn't been on the Swift bandwagon. He went from the Detroit lions to, to the Philadelphia Eagles, and arguably the best offense in the league. And now he's going, like, on underdog, he's going as RB23, ADP of 78. Like, DeAndre yeah. Swift in the 7th or 8th round? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sign me up. 100%. 100%. And, and
1: oh, jinx. And if you're worried about the committee, it's Rashad Penny that is, as soon as Rashad does get, I'm not, it's not even an if. I'm sorry, Rashad. If you're listening, <laughs> I apologize. You're gonna miss games, but that's it's just takes Rashad Penny being one or two games out for DeAndre Swift to see a legit three down opportunity share.
0: I think it's it's there is something to be said though that you know Rashad Penny when he did play last year, he did have some success. Uh, finishes the RB four at Detroit um, with 151 yards and two touchdowns. He's had his explosive games uh, in his career was- when he does play.
1: RB one overall for the final four weeks of 2021. Right, you guys right. know how I felt no. about
2: Rashad Penny last season, but again, he got hurt. Like that's just what he does. And even if he does make an impact, which he likely will, as long as he's healthy, I still think Swift and his uber efficient play will be will be fine at his ADP.
0: Uh, let's get into these tight ends. Uh, well, this one tight end really, and that's Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard is a really was a really interesting guy to to look at because he's a very rare breed. He is the rare top five tight end in points per game. He is the rare top five tight end that doesn't score a lot of TDs. He only had three touchdown catches last year. So how do you get to be a top five tight end um, and top set tight end seven because he missed some games with injury? But how do you get to be a top five tight end that doesn't score TDs? Well, he was first in catch percentage, third in yards per reception, third in big plays, and as you might imagine, first in points per opportunity excluding touchdowns now yeah yeah so fantastically efficient through the air um his true throw value also was his true target value excuse me was 10th uh 7th overall in receiving yards by a tight end despite missing five games and with 702 receiving yards so you know dallas goddard is a good pick at tight end the problem is again it's where he's going and what is what's his value compared to the people next to him so the good is for him everything i just said plus the eagles defense is worse this year uh the, when you have two starting running backs like we just talked about as well with injury issues there's a chance that being a more passing offense is a major possibility with the weaker defense in the weaker rushing game um now this doesn't Obviously, it could be a stronger rushing game. I'm not saying that it's definitely going to be, but I'm saying it's in the range of possibilities. His role is defined in the offense, right? When you have a guy that can burn people downfield like um, like uh, Devontae Smith can and you have a guy who can just get open anywhere on the field like A.J. Brown can on the outside that opens up a lot of opportunity in the middle of the field for Dallas Goddard. And I think he's still going to get that Uh, the bad. He only had 10 red zone opportunities last season. That's what happens when your quarterback rushes for 13 touchdowns, right? That takes a lot away from the running back. It takes a lot away from the tight end uh, in traditional offenses. You see that happen with Lamar Jackson offenses all the time, where their running backs are absolute nobodies in the uh, passing game because. Like when a play breaks down and you usually have to get it out to your best athlete, when the quarterback is the best athlete, there's no reason to really do that. And that goes for the tight end, too, because he's like that check down. He doesn't get those check downs. He missed five games last season. This is this is the second of his last two out of the last three seasons. He's missed a, 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 a big part of the season, not a majority of the season, but a, a huge chunk of the season right now his expert consensus ranking is 62 right now. Uh, he's going at, off the board at tight end six. Now, uh, while his role is defined, there's a lot to like about him. I'm probably not going to have a lot of Dallas Goddard on my team because in that range, I'd rather have a Kyle Pitts, who we're going to be talking about uh, it later in the heat wave. I'd rather have a Darren Waller that Michael was talking about last episode that is more of the focal point of the offense. That is more. Kinda, later. Yeah. Yeah. And, and say, say that one more time. And goes later. Yeah. And these guys are, yeah, exactly. These guys are going after tight end six. This is the tight end seven, tight end eight. So I would rather take those guys over Goddard. Although, if you're taking Goddard as your tight end, I'm not going to be mad at you. He is consistent and he is so, he is the rare breed. He is the unicorn that can produce on the field as a tight end without having to score touchdowns. So I yeah, think the issue that's for what me he is,
2: uh, When it comes to like Kyle Pitts and Aaron Waller, is like they would, those guys can kill you like they did last year if an injury happens or if just the quarterback play is as shitty as it was last year for Atlanta. Dallas Goddard's about as safe as you could get. But he, I don't think he has the upside of Pitts or Waller either. I agree with you guys there. Yeah.
0: That's a great way to summarize it. It's just like risk versus reward. If you're going, if you have like a team where you took a giant risk or like earlier and like you're, I don't know who's a who's a really risky player that people are taking a chance on. I can't really think about
1: Damian Pierce. Yeah, if you're take,
0: if you, dude, I, I listened to a podcast today and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it was just because just listening, and they said that Damian Pierce was their favorite pick in the fifth round, and I was just like, I'm this is why the world needs us. The world needs us. With that the being said, needs, that bro. is the end of and this episode of the Heat Wave. I am my Broto app. <laughs> at Brodo FF Tim um, at PsychWord FF at Brodo FF Mike at Brodo FF Jason at Brodo FF Casanova F- FF by Broto, at FF by Broto, at Broto Fantasy for the podcast and the personalities at um, and BrodoFantasy.com Patreon.com slash Fantasy, and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app I have to close my eyes and think about all these things like, like so subscribe all of that YouTube
2: <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash Fantasy.
0: <laughs> I, I told Michael Michael no more No more.
2: (laughs) That's an inside joke. Later.